0: Want to dive deep into life-giving experiences to unleash yourself from old patterns and tap into your intuition? I have the perfect thing for you. Join me and Optimal Health Coach Greg Spivak in Santa Barbara on October 21st for a one-day retreat of all things wellness. We'll spend the day getting revived through yoga, breath work, cold plunging, powerful conversations, nutrient-dense food, and a plant medicine journey. If you just felt yourself get excited, you have to join us October 21st in Santa Barbara. You can sign up at powerofyourom.com forward slash workshops. That's powerofyourom.com forward slash workshops. Welcome to the Messy Progress Podcast, the show that will give you the courage and confidence to get messy, uncaged, and liberated so that you're living your most vibrant life. I'm your host, Adrian Smith. And I'm so stoked that you're here. Let's jump right in. Today, I'm talking with Todd McCullough or TMAC, and he's the founder of TMAC Fitness, a home fitness program that has helped more than 20,000 people get in shape and get their mind right. Todd is passionate about helping people not only feel better in their bodies, but have their mind be right every day. His signature program is TMAC 20, 20-minute 20 workouts, no equipment, no excuses. Each workout ends with a brief meditation, also known as the Mind Right Meditation. He got his start after suffering numerous injuries during his college football days, joined a yoga studio, and discovered a way to move with his physical restrictions. This led him to merge his new passion for both yoga with athletic training, and TMAC Fitness was born. It began as a personal training business where Todd was training thousands of clients, including Olympic athletes and celebrity artists. Now, TMAC Fitness is an online membership-based company that provides short, fast, and effective workouts with a strong emphasis on getting your mind right. Todd is also a close friend of mine. He taught for me at my yoga studio several years back when he was living in Santa Barbara, and he's known for his yoga hit workouts with me and we would just sweat our brains out when we would do these classes and i offer them every once in a while at my studio or different locations just because it's really fun i'm really excited for this conversation and we go in a lot of different directions and it's really something what i'm getting from this conversation that we had and just all of the episodes is that even if you're not a mom even if you're not an entrepreneur even if you're not feeling like exercising. There's always these little nuggets that can get taken from every single episode. Even when we were talking during this episode, I was learning how to better communicate after just recently having a big clearing conversation with someone in my family. So I hope you enjoy and here we go. I'm so glad you're here. And I want to start by just saying Thank you.
1: Thank you for the opportunity to come and have a conversation. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but it's always a good it's always a good conversation whether we're, we're walking on the bluffs or hiking or at yoga.
0: Yeah. And you know it's funny is I've been as I've been doing these podcasts to start with for the most part I've been talking with everybody that I already know. But then there's all these levels of things that we might talk about when we're walking on the bluffs or elsewhere that you know We don't cover all the topics all the time and we're only going to, you know, have 45 minutes or so to chat with each other and, um, not the Joe Rogan style podcast that's like two and a half hours, but probably could go that long with all the, you know, experience and wisdom and things that you've gone through in your short but long life of wellness and fitness and health and, um, everything's fair game in terms of what you want to share, tips you want to give people, um things that you get excited about, passionate about, places that have been hard, um, transitions that have been tough. The whole idea here is that life isn't the highlight reel that we see on the Instagram. And yet um, that's – And so it's like pulling back the curtain really of like, what does it really look like? So what I want to start with is the – What I like to start with is our um, what I call the whoops and poops. So right now it's – yeah. It's like the, woo what are you excited <laughs> about? Like right now? And then yeah. also like, what's been a bummer?
1: Two things come to mind. One, I'll be at going out next month in October to Santa Barbara. I'm going to ha- have our first team at retreat. So we're the first time for our community to come together and we're going to be doing like, oh, we got an awesome house by the beach, morning ocean dips, meditation, movement, a chefs coming in, hiking. So essentially I'm getting a take friends to my favorite place in the world. That's super exciting. Uh, We have an opportunity, and I say opportunity because we got to still close the deal, but it's been on my heart and for a long time to bring my work to the police, uh, you know, moving their body, connecting their spiritual practice, getting their mind right. And I have an opportunity in October as well to go down to Florida and possibly land the contract for the... All the police officers and firefighters in Jacksonville, so about 5,000 employees for a TMAC membership. So that's something I'm super excited about. Got to land it. I'm sure there's some competition that they're interviewing with the board as well, but that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Well, you were talking about that when we talked last time. So the last time that we hung out and had a long chat was like six months ago. So the thing that I want to bring to light is like, this didn't happen overnight. It's been something that's been on your heart for a while and it took a lot of work.
1: Yeah. It, like I said, we still got to land it, but it's just the, the working with cities. It's a whole different thing than B2C. It's like who pays for it? This person likes this. This person wants this. This contracts this. So it's been a great learning experience, but it's a very slow sell cycle of getting the right people in the room, et cetera. So yeah, it's, it's been about a year of work so far. And then another eight years ahead of that of producing content. <laughs> so, yeah. How uh, many
0: videos do you have in total? Do you think, think are available?
1: Well, well over 200. I mean, I don't know. i at least over 200.
0: Do you scrub the old stuff? Do I like, what? get rid of like, you know, like your first ever T-Mac videos that you, you know, did? I
1: keep them. I probably like to like, no, things progress and get better over time. Video quality, audio quality, but just like you, like if I'm gonna teach a fucking class or I'm gonna teach a fucking workout, it's gonna be a good fucking workout, right? There's the occasional fuck up, but those workouts we filmed eight years ago are still kick ass workouts. Yeah, and we'll keep them in there. Yeah, super. Uh, navigating. So that's a good question. Um, I think navigating. Being where I'm at versus where you want to end up. So, a single 41 year old guy in Nashville with the long term, hopefully, goal of raising a family and being back in Santa Barbara. That's so like that appreciation of like, be where your feet are, like, enjoy this moment. This is all we have. At the same time, you, having goals and working towards those other things as well. But I can see how working towards financially being able to put myself in position to move to Santa Barbara, love is a different thing to work on, right? I don't think that's really like, I think it's like you you put your best out there and it attracts the right people. So like, I don't want to be going on like five dates a week type thing. That's not my vibe. So that's kind of what I'm navigating.
0: Yeah. Would you say that that's like the poops part or does it just like...
1: I would say that that's a part of, like you think of reflection, you know, at 40, 41, like what's going right? What are things you weren't quite expecting? You know, like not really being settled where I want to call home yet. Um, At the same time, acknowledging life's good, but at the same time, like, you know, want to start a family and, and have it yet. So, yeah, I think that's kind of, I mean, single at 41 for a guy who doesn't really drink or party is like a weird fucking place. Like, Adrian, I'm I'm, I'm hanging out with girls that I'm like that creepy old guy hanging out with young girls now who don't even know what the Big Lebowski is.
0: Yeah, they were born in the 90s. I,
1: I know. It's fucking weird.
0: Yeah. But the thing is that's so crazy is you live by a, I'll say the standard of trusting that everything is going to work out as it's supposed to
1: hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't worry about that. I also am conscious of if you repeat the same behavioral patterns, you're likely to get the same results, right? So like, what are my blind spots that I don't see? I'm by definition, I have them. Um, and so that's the part I'm trying to like navigate is like being true to who I am at the same time, you know, like working towards those goals. Right
0: when we started this conversation, before we pressed record, you acknowledged that my hair was wet, and you said, "If you just got out of the ocean, I'm gonna be real pissed." (laughs) Like (laughs) the missing out, right? And I was like, "Nope, I took a shower, I washed my hair." And you're like, "Oh yeah, things that girls do," because I hadn't washed my hair in a couple days, and it was like feeling gross. And um, I remember when you were teaching at my studio, there was like we had some conversation about how the. Ocean was, you're like, oh, I'm good. I I, like jumped in the ocean this morning, like, don't need to shower. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) And it reminded me of Jason because when him and I first went on this camping trip back in 2009, we went and jumped in a lake in Indiana. And then we were going to go camping. And so after jumping in the lake, I'm thinking to myself, like, it's a clean freshwater lake, not an ocean where you're salty and itchy, but still like it's a lake. Yep. And I was kind of like, I kind of feel like I want to shower before like spending the next two days exercising. I was training for Ironman at the time. And and he's like, no, we just, we jumped in the lake. Good to go. And we're good to go. And so it's this funny thing where I've realized for myself that there's things that I desire and want for me. Like I want to take a shower and it's okay if you don't want to take a shower or the ocean is your shower in, in that kind of regard. But I think sometimes, like, just because we're talking about this, like, beginning part of, like, the love piece of, like, finding a partner, is it can be really challenging to have someone in life meet you where you are, not where they want you to be. Like, oh, no, I want you to shower. I want you to – you need to do this too. And you're like, I'm good. I'm good over here. Can I have my own personal agency about when it is that I'm needing a shower?
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I've been single for like a decade. So I'll be getting you and Jason's advice on that whole relationship, marriage thing. I'm pretty good at doing me, taking care of working with someone else. That's going to be a whole other journey.
0: Well, tell me about how you work with your team for your business. So how do you do that?
1: That's been a big learning curve as well, right? Like When you have your own business, you're passionate about it. You know, there's certain like money in, money out every month. And I, I I went through a lot of people real fast the first couple of years because they're contractors. They have families and other lives. And if someone can't log into their account on a Friday at 11 o'clock at night, they really don't give a shit, <laughs> you know? But for me, it's like, I'm fucking like scrambling, like something's going on. Like we need to fix this. And so for me, it's learning that... Constantly checking in with my team. What's most important to you right now in life? Where does Mac help with that? Where does Mac pull away from that? What are your goals with Mac? These are the expectations. And for example, right now, I had a real hard conversation, our web designer. We have a lot of projects going on right now. More than we should, but it's just how it's stacked up. Um, and we had a conversation a few months back about she wants to make sure she doesn't work on the weekends. And I want to be completely respectful of that. I work on Saturdays. I've been working on Saturdays for my whole life. Not a big deal. But this is that's her her right to have that, of course. And so we've got these projects you got to get done. and for me, I want to get them all done. At the same time, I had to step back and be like, hey, we talked about you not working on the weekends. I don't like the idea of this. But at the same time, I want to be true to what we talked about. What project do we need to possibly take off the table for you not to work on the weekends? And just giving her that ages. Now, it may suck in loss and like a loss of revenue for this quarter, like really suck. But if I decide I want her as a team, like a long-term team member, like I have to learn to put my own selfish like ambitions aside. And I think switching that revo- that role reversal was like, I work for them. And the TMAC is simply a platform to provide for others, not only the consumer at home to get in great workouts and meditation, but also the people we employ and to better their lives. So that's been a huge growth area that I still have to constantly be aware of, if that makes sense.
0: Totally. I've got advice on this from, there's a, a marriage, I don't know why the marriage expert the person's name, I think, is John Gottman. Made this statement that's always stuck with the me. God-
1: the Gottman Yeah,
0: where it's like you, if you make what's important to others important to you, it's the way that you can, you know, elevate a relationship. And it's, I think, it's important to recognize that it's an, it's a, if it's a relationship you want to keep
1: mm, yeah, going, right? Because at some
0: point in time, you're like, well, we do have to get these things done, and I, you know. I respect that you're going through a hard time and also I'm still paying you. So where is that boundary around, I'm going to give you some free time. I'm going to give you some space and we're going to hold this because this is important to you. The weekends, having weekends to your family is important to you. And just what you said, it's like, what do we have to take off your plate? And then what can be hard for people, I think especially, I would imagine that the people that work for you and work with you are hard workers and their discipline just based on who you are as a person and the business that you're putting out there in the world. And so it can be hard for someone that's kind of like that overachiever to say, oh, I do have to take something off my plate so that I can make sure that I stay in integrity with what I'm actually requiring and requesting for my own personal life but that can be something that's so tricky for someone individually to navigate. And then for us as like the boss to not get in, in meddle with.
1: Totally. Yeah. I like, I, I put the ball in their court on this one. And at the same time, you know, there's realistic hard conversations that have to be evaluated. Like, Hey, if, if these are the requirements that you need, and this is all the team at can pay you, we may have to move another direction. You know, that's, a conversation that, like I don't want to have, but I think that trying to work with the beauty of the thing that I enjoy Adrian, with this is like building this with people I like working with That's part of the joy. If I make a little bit less money as the owner, so be it. As long as the, you know, things are paid at the end. You know,
0: the thing that's coming up for me as you're sharing this is it's like uh, having a child. The one thing I learned early on with, having a kid is that For for Reese just said this last night. She's like, you guys are always telling me what to do. Everyone's always telling me what to do. And I, I've thought of this more recently that I was like, you know, it is, it must be really hard for a kid where you literally have people everywhere in your whole life that are just always telling you where to go, what time to wake up, what to eat. And so very early on, I learned the power of giving choices and it's not like you have the choice to not go to school cuz we're going to school but it's the choice of always having options like you can either wear this dress or this one i don't want to wear a dress okay do you want to wear a shirt do you want to wear shorts do you want to wear a skirt and then it's like you're you're constantly going down this decision tree so it's similar to with when you're working with team members and staff and even you know clients and students it's like If you get too many options, you can be overloaded with too many choices to make, but you either have this one, this one, or this one, you can either have coffee in the morning or not have coffee in the morning. You can either have, you know, it's, and it's realizing that it could be that simple and it doesn't have to be this, I don't know, big story running in the background that if you make this choice, it then means all these other things that we can take it to mean.
1: Well, yeah, I think the takeaway from everything you said was like giving people agency and helping them with what's important in their life at this moment too. And I think that's, it's not that we don't like, don't care about other people at all or like what's important to them, but really under, taking the time to listen and observe their body language of like what's important to them. Like for me, like a friend could really care about having this Game night. I may not give a shit. Like, I may just be like, cool, I'll show up if I show up. Like, it's not like a disrespect to them or anything. It's just like, I don't know what I'm doing on Friday night. But when you start to see their body language of how important it is to them, and be like, oh, actually, what can I make for you? Can I go get something? How can we make this a great gun? I'm just using this as an example, but I mean, I give a shit about... It may have been a bit important to me, but for this person, a game night on a Friday night with their friends is very important to them. And just taking those moments to be mindful of like what other what's important to people.
0: Yeah. Are you familiar with the love languages?
1: Uh I'm somewhat. I took one of those tests and I was like all, I was like I wasn't nowhere close to the balance. I was all touch.
0: So like hugs.
1: Hugs, kiss, holding the whole thing. Yeah. Like okay. We're a big, we're a big affectionate family. Like even the my uncles, we hug each other and give each other a kiss on the cheek. Like we're big hug, love, like hands-on people.
0: Did that, was that modeled for you when you were a kid? How did that start?
1: I, I think so. I think that we're just a really big, like there was, there could have been always a lot of chaos, but we were very loving. Like my uncles helped raise me. I had a uncle sleeping on my couch half the time or a grandma living with us or cousin living with us. And it was just like chaos, but lots of love. This is kind of how we've learned to, you know, we may, we may punch each other, but five minutes later we give each other hugs. All right.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's how, well, I see that side of boy. I grew up with two older brothers and I just like can picture one of my brothers putting his, I remember this very vividly, putting his hand on my head and I was eight years younger than him. So if he put his hand on my head and I would like do this thing where I'm like trying to reach him, I couldn't because he was so much bigger yeah. than me. Um, and so that like goofiness, but also, you know, we, I know it was never hit as a kid, but it was just like that, there was an intimacy that came from that goofiness that boys can have. And mm-hmm. um, I, I always appreciate that and desire it more. And one thing that we do in our, our house is really cute. Jason and I have become um, better at showing each other affection, just, you know, hugs and like going up to each other. And like when I see him just like being kind of contemplative, like in the kitchen, I'll like go up and give him a hug. And all of a sudden Reese will see us hugging. And we, we started to do this thing where we make it, she calls the sandwich and grilled cheese sandwich. And she comes and she runs in the middle of us and she's like, I'm the cheese. And so it's like this really sweet moment where I never saw that as a kid. I never saw that I had to learn it. And so that's like, it's interesting because like you, that was how you operated. And so it's a way that you do things. And now I'm, the thing that kind of came up as you were sharing was, you know, making things important to, to myself that are important to others, body language, what someone might not be expressing, but they're expressing it kind of under the surface. As to what's needed and what's desired, whether it's a kid, I'm thinking about my sister right now at the moment. And like we never did like the hug thing. So I notice even for myself that unless it's someone I'm super close with, like one of my besties, I don't even naturally bring the phone out to take a picture or I don't go in for the hug. And it takes another person that is already like that to bring Mm. that out in me because it's just, it was a wiring that you know, I'm 43, I think. And like it was, it didn't happen for yeah. the upbringing of my life. And so that whole idea of what we talked about in like a love relationship to any relationship doesn't matter, but it's like, we're all coming from like completely different walks of life.
1: Completely. I, I I think that the love thing has to be there for me, but I think being with someone who's growth minded, I think what's pretty awesome is that you observed, like I wasn't really raised with a lot of like affection and hugging and stuff, but I've learned that it's important, you know? And for me on the other end, it's like, we were raised with a ton of affection, tons of love, but like we, no one really expressed how they felt or had a real conversation about uncomfortable things. Right. It was just like, don't talk about that. We just put, just store that, just store that, alcoholism over here or whatever you know brushing under the uh, rug right every couple of months a huge drama thing would happen because of someone's behavior not being not being confronted not changing but that's that's been like my bit of uncomfortableness is like having a conversation all right Adrian this is where I'm at this is where you're at let's talk about it and understand that both parties are having the conversation because we truly care for each other as people and we want to have a better outcome that's been a, a area I've had to work at.
0: How, how have you started that conversation in the past or like in recent past where you're aware of it and you want to get to like a shared outcome that works for both of you?
1: Do you remember the Movember people uh, the grow like the mustache for men's? It, they I went to a workshop a decade ago in LA and something stuck with me that's been helpful, particularly with men. Um, I don't know Jason as well. But he's a pretty strong individual, and if we were to have a conversation, I've learned that looking out with men is better than straight ahead. For example, like in the car while you're driving is a great opportunity to have a real conversation with another man because there's if just I don't know let's just say Jason or let's say my father. If my father and I are like this, we love each other, but we're we're getting ready to maybe like throw a, throw a blow. Like it's just, it's, it's here, right? Whereas if I can get my dad or Jason in a car and we're looking straight ahead, we can talk about real shit or maybe it's on a walk, right? Like we're both kind of moving in this direction or we're looking outwards at something. Just a little tactic like that has been super helpful,
0: You know what we do that I don't even realize that we do this? We sit at the bar a lot of times when we go out to dinner. Mm. And part of it's like there's a distraction of like the people cooking the food or something in front of us. But it also removes the pressure, I think, of there's a table in between us, which always is weird. And yet you're also just kind of looking at each other, which I think for both of us, it's again back to the whole affection or getting – Seeing things modeled well is it is, it can feel like pressure when someone's just like staring you in the eye. And it, I think living in California, there's much more of like the strong eye contact hold that happens. And then it's sort yeah. of like, ah, like, can yeah. we just like look around a little bit? <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like we do that naturally where we do sit at the bar and we can like be closer to each other. And then also not have that pressure, what you're describing of being on a walk. You're right next to each other. You're in the car driving. And then it's like, there's a little bit more of a freedom of, I think you could probably t- analyze this neuro-linguistic programming wise of like where people are looking for the answers to the questions or to, s- to source the conversation from. But that's a great I tip. There,
1: I think there's like a balance of it, right? So like, if I want to bring up, let's say you, Jason and I are in a business dilemma. I made that first time want to bring up the difficult subject because I'm kind of like putting it like, hey, so your your behavior is affecting me. It's not an attack, but it's like there's some sort of behavior that's affecting me, which naturally put, would put him on the defensive. I don't want him to go to the defensive. I want him to hear me. So we're looking straight ahead. Now, when we resolved it, I may want to see him and see his body language and maybe give him a hug. Maybe say, I love you, dude. Like, see how, like, does that make sense? Like the resolving part when tempers are down, I love the human eye contact, the body language. Like you say you're good, but are you really good? Cause you don't look good.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the rounded shoulders. Like,
1: yeah, I typically like the resolving part. One on one, intimate body language connection. But when I'm first bringing awareness to it, I prefer both looking out.
0: And then, how do you start that conversation? So, what you said just you're now was,
1: "Awful, I'm right." <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> that always works.
1: It always works.
0: But you said you're like you can't start by saying this behavior you're doing is bothering me because like our immediate response to that is defensiveness as humans, we go into that fight, flight, freeze, whatever, all of the different sympathetic nervous system responses. How do you, like, you know, the end goal is to come to a resolution of some kind, but in order to get to the solution, a lot of stuff might need to be aired. Like you said, is like stuff's been shoved down, pushed under the rug do you have any good tactics for that first opening line of con not it's not well, even conflict resolution it's yeah, just
1: i would say that again if i can control if i can leave the environment it helps right so whether you're looking now or maybe after a hard workout like you've got this exhaustion out you've got you're out of the head as much and i think always start with acknowledging like what i love about them and what i appreciate about our relationship. Like, hey, Dad, man, you've given me such an amazing life, like so much better of a life than you had. There was things I didn't understand about your childhood and the violence you saw. Like, I couldn't imagine. So I know you want to do right by me and my brother and mom, but when your behavior does this, it really hurts us. So I think just that bit of first understanding and showing that you've done enough time and consideration from where they're coming from that it softens it a little bit that makes yeah, sense that was,
0: immediately i felt softer just hearing you say that i was like oh yeah.
1: i feel good yeah. all right and then you're like hey and when you do this it damages our relationship what about me or i mean what about you like what are you navigating and what are you celebrating
0: Oh, interesting. I am currently, um, celebrating the, when you, you brought up growth is like, I've been celebrating my growth more in a way that's call it like quiet confidence where I'll like journal, you know, I've had a couple, I would say in the last month, very big, just shifts in how I communicate. And it, it, I feel much more grounded in, Mm. And I say quiet confidence because as you know, like when last year, when I did my big ocean adventure, I came back and everyone immediately is asking like, what's next? What's next? How was it? What's next? And I'm just like, I don't know. And it's been now over a year since we returned like a 13 months. And I, I've just been reflecting just this last couple of weeks on how I needed to really retreat a lot this last year and get more grounded in myself from a selfish standpoint but also for the greater collective because i i declared while i was on my trip that it was like day 26 of or 30 something like that where i was like i can't go back to my life and do it the same way like something just surfaced and it just aggravated me so much and it's interesting cuz the public and friends and family and And like, I have, I've got a, you know, a yoga studio I'm running, all those things. And I, I took a very little bit of time after my return to just kind of land for a second. But then I went back to just life as I was doing it and, you know, changing some things and hiring some people and shifting some business around and exploring some new options and working with some new people and then not working with them and just trying things on and then being like, yep, that's not working trying something, other things on and being like, oh, that is working. And it's, it's not a fast process. Like it's, it's taken me like 13 months to be like, when I write in my journal, I'm like, way to go, like way to go to take this time for yourself. And I had this big, to me, um, conversation with uh, my sister just the other day. And it was, it was, it was, all the things that we're talking about communication wise, I was like, oh man, I, I definitely didn't do that. She didn't do it either. And like, I want to do better next time. It's not like it was wrong or bad. Like I used to say to myself, like, oh, you really fucked that one up. But I got home and I was still like feeling a lot of feels about it. And instead of talking about it with everybody, what I what I call like uh interviewing others about, you know, or sharing. Kind of too soon when I'm still really raw about it, is I just got home and I journaled and I wrote like you know a couple pages in my journal and I started with I'm proud of myself and I wrote down all the things I was proud of myself for and then I also went into like things that I didn't verbalize that really bothered me that I didn't need to share because they were actually just something that lived over here with me that if I was to be like uh, unleash that it would be kind of abusive and so it's just. I just took the time to like, these are things I need to personally work on. It has nothing to do with the other person in the relationship. They just are allowing me to see it, kind of what you brought up about blind spots. And so that for me is like a really, really new practice that I've been practicing. It's not something that I get perfect every time, but it's, and it's just feeling so much more free. Like my body feels free life feels easier um there's a lightness in my household as a result of just taking some space and time like you said when we were first talking about just being instead of having to rush to a solution and um so that's something i'm celebrating and the the what i'm navigating or the poop side of things is gosh i like feel like i don't have any at the moment but what i will say is like i i you know, being in the wellness space, you know, people will think that we've always got it all the, all the health stuff figured out. And I really suck at meal planning. Like I just have notoriously sucked at it. I used to love cooking a lot and I just don't anymore. And, um, I feel like every night at like five 30, it's like, what are we doing? What are we having for dinner? And it's this funny thing because, like, in order to shift out of that, you, like, you just you need a little planning. But I just I'm resistant to planning. Like, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to plan what I want to eat and when and all these things. And I also just want to like kind of go with the flow. Like, what do I feel later? Maybe we'll go out to dinner. Maybe we'll have this. Or I don't know. Two
1: two, two questions on that. One, I want to know what your journaling process is like because I've just started that this past year, year for the first time. And two, I'm curious how you and Jason navigate. You both work full-time, you have a child, and then you do things like dinner. Like I've always dated like kind of the fellow entrepreneur, strong woman doing your thing. And I love that. That's, that's typically the personality I'm typically attracted to. My mom is more of the traditional stay-at-home, born to be mother. She's a grandmother now. She worked as a teacher. So this is her what twenty eighth years a te- t- teacher, but she's worked because she we needed the income, right? But she's like a born stay at home home taker. And the older I get, I'm like, fuck, it's pretty nice to come home and have a home cooked meal. Meal. So like, how do y'all navigate like little things like that at dinner? Two people that work and raising a kid. That's got to be fucking like challenging
0: yeah you know it it's it is what we have our house I always like to say it's like Grand Central Station in a way you know we just this morning for like a look into life just yesterday I planned to go on a hike with a couple friends and I didn't tell Jason that until I had planned it and that's a, a part of our communication that we continually need to get better at because simultaneously he planned to go to get coffee with someone and then I was like, oh hey, I'm going for a hike tomorrow. And he's like, oh, shoot, I was supposed to meet Jack for coffee at 730. I'll just take Reese with me. And so I feel like one of the way one of the things that it ha- ways that it happens is Reese just kind of gets pulled along into whatever life that we're living. And um, anyway, he didn't end up going for breakfast. He changed his plans, which I thought was really a, a difference for him, where he would have normally just kind of gone with his own programming and been like, I'm just going to do this. But he just changed his plans. So I got home. It was 10... 10- 10 minutes to Reese's bell rings for school. And we all rode on our e-bikes to take her to school. And then that was, you know, get home. I had made myself some breakfast. He has a client at nine. So we've got about 30 minutes. And I was like just wrestling with some things. We chat about some stuff. And then, you know, the day goes on as it's, you know, I'm getting some, we're doing this podcast. I'm going to have a meeting later. Maybe I'll go to yoga class. Um, I'll get some work done. And then before you know it, it's going to be, Reese fortunately is an after school program. So we have a lot of freedom in terms of like the amount of time that we have. And I try to do as much, I try to get, I think both of us do, where we try to get all of our personal stuff done between the hours that Reese is in school. So like 8.30 till 5, 5.30, it's like all the workouts, all the work, all the phone calls, all the clients, um you know, meetings, everything happens during that time. It's kind of a, an an implicit boundary I've set for myself. But tonight, Jason has a client that he's going to go do a swim analysis with at six. And he's like, oh, hey, I'm I'm going to work with this person at six. And so I'm like, okay, you won't be home till seven. We didn't talk about, we don't have a plan like, oh, what's for dinner? You know, like we would when we were kids because dinner was on the table ready with place settings all out at like 4 p.m.
1: You're and, a horrible um, person for not having that every night. Totally. Terrible. <laughs>
0: Um, but it's funny because like we both, we, we married a person that is similar in that way. Yep. And, um, you know, when I first met Jason, it's so funny looking in his cupboard, he had like the worst food. Like he had expired stuff like tuna helper and like Bisquick and like just, he ate tons of cereal and I was more on the healthy spectrum. And so it was like, we started making omelets together and all these things, but it's more of like we just check in with each other on things. You know, I might eat lunch today at like I feel like we've gotten to the state where we're only eating two meals a day. So I'll have like a both of us will have like a super late breakfast, and then maybe lunch at like two thirty. And so by dinner time, we're both like, "Do you want to eat?" But there's this thing I have this guilt around me that if if we don't sit at the dinner table and eat as a family. Because you're supposed to do that, and like all the research says that like your kids turn out better if you sit around the table. But I'm like, well, if you're only sitting around the table with your kids, and that's the only time that you spend together at a family, maybe that's true. But we take her to school together most days. We pick her up from school.
1: What was that? Do you know how rare that is, that two parents rode an e-bike with their kid to school? I mean, only in California would you get that opportunity. (laughs) You know, like... That's incredible, but it's cool experience for her.
0: Totally cool, but it's just the realization. Like, sure, this is what the research might say, but it's what's the population of which there's always
1: variables to all that research. There's always variables. Yeah, your kid gets to go to the beach and hang out with his mom and dad on a Thursday night for swim stuff. That's that's not in the studies.
0: No, that's not. Yeah. Speaking of reef and run is over. The summer has completed. And that was for sure. The highlight of our family summer was that
1: event. My goal every Thursday was not to finish last in the 500 meters. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just Yeah. But back to like, just like the dinner piece is just, it's, I don't know. We're just, we're just flexible about it. And if I notice that, you know, Jason has this thing where when he was young, his parents were like, you eat at the table, you don't eat in front of the TV. This is what we do. And so I have this, you know, that study, the research study of like, you're supposed to eat as a family at the table also in my head. And so there's been times where I'll come home, he's made her something for dinner, and then she's sitting in front of the TV with pasta or something. And I internally am like raging. And or last night we made steak for dinner and she's not going to eat a little bit, but I said her dinner was ready earlier than ours. And I was like, let's wait to sit down all together. And now he's starting to understand that that's important to me where if we're, if it's all going to be a family dinner time, then let's like all eat at the same time. And the cute thing is, is Reese has started to serve us. And so she wants us to sit down at the table. So we played our food. And then she takes our food on a little tray and she brings us each our plates. And then she said last night, and this was the first time, because Jason usually sits down and he just starts eating. He's just like focused and just shoveling food in, not paying attention. I was like, I haven't even sat down yet. and You're already done. But Reese goes, dad, you can't start until mom gets her food. And I've never <laughs> spoken that out loud, but it was yeah. just something that I think she picked up from From whatever. And it's just, yeah. And it's, it's just really sweet to see how that doesn't happen every night. That's not a seven night a week situation. That's probably two nights a week. It looked like what it did last night. And the other nights, it's going to be like me and Reese might, I don't know eat at five 30 and, or not, or she, I might just give her dinner and then I wait for Jason. And it's just like, it doesn't have to be this rigid way because we are going to spend a lot of time together. Like they, they went to the playground after school yesterday and played tag. And I went to the beach to just hang out for 30 minutes by myself. And it's what I've learned is like having this sense of interdependence in our relationship. And then she gets to spend time, like she was, they, they, she was playing spies with Jason. She's like, "Mom, you go do what you want, and me and Daddy are going to go play spies." And at first I was like, "Well, you don't want me to play spies." And I was just like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going to the beach." You know, like but the the standard way for I think women and moms is oh, I, I got to do something. I got I got to like con- I got to do something around the house. And like, I'm, I'm wired that way for sure. I mean, the first thing I did before I went to the beach was vacuum. I have
1: the, I I have the little robot that goes once a week.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, You need that here too, because that's so much sand on the ground.
1: What about your journaling practice?
0: Oh, the journaling practice. Okay. So I read, there's two books that were really impactful. One is called Back in Control. I'm going to get the author wrong, but I think it's David Newscum and he's a spinal surgeon. And then he and he talks about how the the power of just expressive writing in the morning and at night, and then taking what you write and throwing it away helps you to take your thoughts down onto paper and then separate from them. You're like, I had this thought, I had this experience, and bye. Right. Um, you can throw it away. You can I keep mine, I don't look at them again, but That's something that I do. And then the other um, book that a lot of people might be familiar with is called Morning Pages, or I'm sorry, Artist Way. And so it's Morning Pages where you sit and write three pages in a notebook every morning and you just write whatever. You can have like, I'll sit there sometimes and be like, I don't know what to write about today. And then I'll write that down. And then all of a sudden a new thought will come. And it's sort of like a meditation practice, but in a journal format without any sort of prompts. Now, if I was to, let's say, prior to hitting the record button, we were talking about psychedelics a little bit, is if I was to do any sort of journey, if I'm going to take 500 milligrams, if I'm going to take two, if I'm going to take four, whatever, it doesn't even matter, I'm going to write down two specific questions. One is, what do I want to let go of? And what do I want to bring in more? And then I get, sometimes it's conceptual, where it's like, I want to bring in more vitality, I want to feel better in my body, and then i get specific to, I want to bring in more money into my household. I want to bring in more um, good food. I want to go to the farmer's market. I want to, in just like getting really specific. And that's been helpful to just two simple questions. It doesn't have to be a long, expressive exercise.
1: The guy that helped me with the journey that I did, the five grams of mushrooms, had me journal meditate throughout the week before and i had a pen and paper back there with me and i was when i was in the experience like i noticed when i was journaling it was taking me out of it a little bit so i would wait till like there were like little breaks in journal but yeah super helpful to go through that with like an intention not just to use it for an escape
0: yeah and i'm like you i don't like journaling during that it's almost like it takes me out and I get into my like productivity mode and like, Oh, how am I going to put this in? How am I, what am I learning? And I'm like, no, just like be where you are. Let this be an experience. It's, and then reflect on it for a you oh,
1: know long it's, time it's afterwards. A, it's been a year since I've done my journey and I'm, I'm thinking about ready for another one, but it's been still little nuggets. Come. You mentioned you and Jason eating two meals a day. Any like, new wellness discoveries in the past year, whether it be nutrition, movement, sleep? I think just, I've been journaling
0: more. Just, I was really against, not against journaling, but when someone's like, you have to journal, it's really good for you. I was just like, I don't want to, it's not how I want to practice. Um, when I first got back from, I, I just, I guess think what I've been doing was trying things on for a little bit of time. You know, I'm not giving myself like, oh, you got to do this for a month, but I'm like, let's do this until it doesn't feel good anymore." And some of the not feeling good is, you know, can be resistance. Like, you know, I, I don't always feel like going to lift weights, but like, I know for my body, it's good to put some, put some strength training in because I'm so cardio focused. And every time I have to tell you that I go to the gym and I lift weights, I want to take a video and send it to you and be like, look at me, Todd, I'm lifting weights. I'm not just killing. (laughs) Um, but I don't like to videotape all of the things that I do. Because I want to just be doing them and not spending the time, you know, sharing them with the world. So I have a question on that for you because you are really strong in the social media front for possibly, you know, I would say intentionally for your business. Oh, fuck yeah. If it wasn't for business, how do you manage? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Like, how do you manage your energy on social media? Do you content calendar it out? Do you? Because if I message you, I know you're going to message me back that day. You're great at DMs and you don't have someone handling that.
1: So a couple of things. I think it's an ever learning process of always think of like, what is long-term success like? Like for right now, the way to play on Instagram to grow is probably four or five posts a day. Now, I'm not going to do that. I'm seeing clients. I don't have time for that, nor do I want to. I have to, so I have to make a choice to either hire someone or schedule out post. It doesn't feel as authentic. Are you talking posts or um, stories? Post to do okay. all that, which is not. I'm not saying I won't do it. If the goal is to grow on that, um, or I know that every week I send a Sunday email on our three pillars: sweat, eat, mind right. Can I create three solid post? a week and do that right now. I can, um, that's kind of what feels good for me. And that means still no social media till after I've worked out and meditated, like journal, like no social media until that happens, waking up, looking at the phone, social media, first thing, awful for me. Um, the other thing is um, unless we're in a challenge or like something I need to promote for work, try not to be on social media on the weekends at all. That seems to super help, really help. Uh, And then like the difference, like I went camping for 48 hours with no no phone. It it felt like I had a week vacation, taking 48 hours away from my phone. So really being like building boundaries around that, using it as a tool for work and not something because I'm bored. That And that balance continues to always shift and be mindful of it. Uh, I've just finished a good book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Have you read that? He's essentially this really successful professor that's built a pod, really successful podcast and he doesn't have social media. And he's got me a question like, what's the real ROI on social media when you look at time put in? And it's really got me thinking, it used to be very, like a really strong, great ROI. Now I'm not seeing it as much. I think I look at Instagram as like the new website. Like if you were to hear about my workouts, you're probably just as likely to go to my Instagram as you are my website. So like, I think having something up there makes sense. Um, yeah, I think oh, as far as filming workouts, I never film anything until the workout's over. Like, that's a pet peeve of mine. I do not work out or hang out with people that are trying to, like, film shit while we're working out. So, like, if you see see me doing a sprint, it's because I'm done sprinting. I've already meditated and stretched. And then I don't post until later on. Like, I'm never... So, it's not
0: done in the moment. It's like you're creating the content after the thing that you've been doing is done.
1: Correct. I do an hour of yoga out here in my yard, and you see me doing a 20-second yoga sequence. That's an hour and a half after I did it. And then I'm not posting it right then. Do
0: you find that because you do these things for yourself and it, that it increases the creativity for then being able to come up with something that you share later?
1: Um, I looked at, I, again, I can't, I'm not a master at this. I think it's stories. It's kind of like reality TV. Like, I look at like that, and then posts are things that are valuable that, like, people can save and do later. So, yeah, like, for stories, I don't really plan anything out. I just do what I'm doing that day, and be like, oh, like, I've been noticing that eating mainly all protein for lunch keeps my energy levels during the day. Let me take a photo of it and explain the benefits of having extra protein. But I didn't plan my story out like that. That seems to keep it in the flow yeah, I
0: think the the disruption in the flow of your own thing doesn't seem to make sense with it producing the benefits wellness wise that we're 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 hoping to achieve in the thing that we're doing like if you're on a hike, you know it's hard to you could take a picture, but like to if you're videotaping while you're hiking and then also trying ne- yeah to never type, never do that. I mean, you're going to trip and no. sprain your ankle, and then I'm not going to feel bad for you because you it.
1: I, I, I took my pup for a hike in the woods this morning, right? And I saw a beautiful like field. Boom! Like, for people at home, like I just took 15 seconds, and I phone on my camera, put it back in my pocket, and I'll post. I post that right before our you know podcaster.
0: Well, and that's an interesting thing too. Is if you are creating content and it's planned well, you. I have found that I'll get a little hit of inspiration while I'm in the Mm -hmm. moment. What I was saying is like, oh, I might be doing a yoga flow or, you know, going out for a run or riding on my scooter or e-bike or whatever it is, or hiking. And it's like, I might capture the picture and then just like store it. And then later it's more of like, let's sit down and plan out in a, in a way that's productive use of time that I'm going to you know what, what what am i trying to put out there yep. in the world i mean you you have a, a, like a much more robust um it's not kind of enterprise in that world because yours yours lives yeah, my, online like my my world and community lives much more 100%. in person and it's more of like let's post a yep. schedule because more relative. you need to know where yep. you can take when mm-hmm. you can take classes
1: yeah i think that that makes total sense and i think every business is a little different it's i always say that uh, my my goal is I pretty much have three goals of life is to be able to take a piss off my back porch. And no one see me. I can do that now in Tennessee. Uh, take a piss on my front porch. I can't do that because my neighbor will probably get mad in the front part. And then not need social media. Those are my three goals. So uh, that's how much I think about social media. But I do think it's a still necessary piece for people to at least find you about your brand.
0: You brought up that book that you were talking about, the deep Mm -hmm. work book. And it made me think of a question around, you know, you go out and you're going hiking or camping for 48 hours and you're like, Whoa, I felt like I was on vacation. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Um, or any like, what kind of daily rhythms and rituals do you practice to get to know yourself?
1: Always move and meditate first thing. Uh, and then I've started journaling. And what's your which, journaling practice? Just been doing this past year. It's been super helpful. I'm sure it'll evolve over time. Kind of like you were saying is like, pen to paper, whatever thought comes up gets out. Like if you were to read it, you would think I was a crazy person. Like there's no filter. Like it's just out there, etc. Uh, but what I have found, so that's helpful getting it at, like out of your mind on the paper and like kind of letting go, but I don't rip it up. And I like this practice is about every two to three months, I'll carve out like an hour on a Saturday or Sunday, take a blanket, take my journal and read through it. And that's been super helpful as far as you see repeated patterns. so like, Oh, your low back hurts. Well, you did this exercise the day before and it's there. You see it. Or like, I feel like I have more inflammation in my body and I ate this before. And so you start to see patterns. That's been pretty helpful. Yeah.
0: It sounds like you're remembering, like the journal helps you remember what you might not have remembered.
1: on, um, you know, mm-hmm. today's day nine, seven, I started my morning with a walk in meditation and a jump in the Creek and I've got great energy still. Right. So, okay. Water movement. Good for me. I start the day looking at the phone energy level down, that's bad. Stop doing that. But it forces me to kind of like, if you really want to change, you saw the behavior that led to a positive and negative outcome, start doing more positive. And then you can experiment and really see like last year I did the carnivore diet. Do I think eating vegetables and fruits are a good thing? Of course. But like, why not try it and just see how your body feels? It was a wonderful experience. Like to... Well, I remember
0: you sharing with me that that was the best you've ever felt. But then
1: at six weeks, I started getting heart palpitations, which is a result of lack of electrolytes, right? And carbohydrates. Um, And so, all right, so now as opposed to being like anti carnivore or all carnivore, because I have my notes, I'm like, oh, this could be a very effective protocol for autoimmune disease for four to six weeks to have my clients do. And then slowly start gradually, I started putting back in carbohydrates. But that journaling reminds me of that, right? Where I was like, oh, I felt great on carnivore. I should do that all the time. But I go back to that journal. I'm like, all right, six weeks, you start getting heart palpitations. Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Well, and I'm also hearing too, is it allows for there to be this practice of you're allowing the thing that you're practicing to be just a part of your life, different from analyzing it as it's all happening. And so if you spend the time to journal a little bit in the morning, a little bit at night, or one or the other, that you're able to capture the essence of, you know, your experience with something new you're practicing, you know, you know, could be something like I said, is like, what am I, what am I proud of myself for? What am I grateful for? There's so many, you know, studies around, if you can just be grateful, then you're going to feel better. And it's also like, well, I keep forgetting to be grateful while I'm just walking in the world. But then if I do it when I'm journaling, at least I'm doing it at some point. And then I can go back and be like, oh, right. Remember when you were doing that and you were feeling really good? Because you forget. Because you're, you are you want to be present. Like there can be this overanalyzation in our world of wellness, of like mindfulness and awareness where it's like too much processing that we're trying to figure I think out that the that
1: solution. you just hit on we're all at different stages in our country on wellness, right? Like my family needs to stop eating jelly donuts and Coca-Cola as a Mountain Dew for breakfast. Right. Where I get it wrong is I could probably take a note from like the European lifestyle or how our grandparents were raised. Like the Europeans never have dinner by themselves. It's a three hour communal family event. They don't really fucking exercise. They walk everywhere. Right. But, and they're, healthier than we are right they don't have back pain they don't have all this inflammation in our body like that's where that's where i need to get better at but so i think we're all in our own well it goes
0: back to what you said before about i need to just, just be. be
1: it's hard it's it's not how i'm wired but i i need it it's good for me and i think on the going back to the journaling piece and things that's been you know super helpful of recently being, going back to yours, what, what's the poop? the navigating as a single guy, Nat, like journaling after spending time with a girl. How do you feel? Oh, I feel wonderful. Uh, yeah, we had sex. That was fun. Not someone I'd probably hang out with again. And then you're looking at your phone on a Friday night and you're like, do I call that girl up again? You're like, yeah, I kind of don't expect, you know, if I do that, choose to right or wrong, whatever that choice is. But that journal helped her like, oh, I'll hang out with this girl. We didn't hook up, but damn, I felt amazing around her. She was such a positive person. Let's go make sure I spend more time with her. All
0: right. I'm going to, I have a question around this quote that I've heard recently. And I want to hear, when you hear this, what is your reaction? If you, if you don't die or you don't get injured, you get better.
1: So what you? That's a quote. If you don't,
0: it's a quote. So like, if you don't die and you don't get injured, you get better. What like immediately comes to mind?
1: Doing hard things can be really good for you or going through even a difficult time. Good. You learn something like Jocko Willick has this great video. And every time it's something bad, he's like, good. I can learn from it. I can, it didn't kill me. I'm not, I'm alive. Good. So it kind of reminds me of that.
0: Yeah, I was at a friend's house last two couple weekends ago, and I they had this little thing on their shelf that said, "But, but you, you didn't did die." <laughs> and then I heard a quote from um, I don't even know what his name is, some guy that I've been listening to his podcast lately, and he said that, and it sat with me. And I I've had this thought from listening to this yeah. no, Alex Hermosi just is got the a guy, second, book. and um he said. I don't know if it was him or the guy that was hosting the podcast, can't remember, but he said, if you listen to this podcast, so those of you listening to this podcast, there's a lot of stuff we covered. There's so many topics, you know, you may have kids, you may not, you may be looking to date, you may not, but we're all in relationships. We all have a relationship with ourself. There's some little nugget that you can take away and learn from. But uh, he said, if you take just one thing, one thing from this conversation and you because it sits with you, like it lit you up in some sort of way, or it made you feel excited, then, and you pay attention for that in the other areas of your life when you're off, you know, not listening to podcasts and not trying to like take in information to grow, but rather just doing your life, that this time that you spent listening is really, really worth it. And so when he gave that quote, and it was like a, one of his like little titters, Twitter spurts. I was like, God, that really stuck with me because we don't, I can always look at things as, oh, but it didn't work out the way I wanted. And then I, I'm really aware now of like, oh, I had expectations. Well, I didn't know I had think expectations. About the, the
1: listener of this podcast. We've covered a variety of different things and it may be mentioning the carnivore diet or mentioning dating. Who knows what the hell the person listened to this can take away. But if they can get one thing that possibly improves our life, it's a damn good use of time. All
0: right. I have the end of this is what I like to do is like a little rapid fire. So you can't think, you can't think too much about it. And it's, I won't ask you any follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Favorite current song to sing to in the
1: car. Some guy from Virginia, he recorded his song like on an Android speaker and it became like the number one song on Spotify. He's from like Virginia and he's singing about just just people going through shit. Yeah.
0: All right, great. You're going to share it with me afterwards and then I'll post it to this. All right. Best thing about, besides being able to pee off your back patio, best thing about living in Nashville?
1: Really good people that like really care about family and your neighbor, like I may just Friday, tomorrow, walk over, today's a Thursday, and have a cocktail with my neighbor. Like, that's what people do. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the night, there could be six people in our neighborhood just over having a cocktail.
0: Healing modality of your choice right now.
1: So I get my water fix. I find this creek, and I take a chair and my dog and maybe a little tequila, and I'm out, phones away. I take a video of it like we talked about. The creeks are cold here and the water's flowing down. So that's like I'm falling in love with the trees. I never appreciated trees until I moved to Nashville.
0: Okay, you could travel anywhere alone and someone else pays for it. Where would you go? Santa Barbara, where you live. What are you currently proud of yourself for?
1: Putting out work that truly helps people. And consistently doing that for a long period of time.
0: What needs to be celebrated more in your life?
1: I think my relationships, the people in my life. I've got amazing people around me.
0: If your mess is your message, what else, if anything, do you want to share?
1: It's not all about you.
0: All right. Where can people find you, Todd, in the flesh and online?
1: I want to tell people they can go to Instagram at TMACFitness at TMACFitness. Uh, then go online, tmacfitness.com, get 10 free days of our home workouts. Uh, and then I'm going to post about that singer that I cannot think of right now on mine. Went blank on such a good song. That's so good. You don't, you ever heard that song? It doesn't come to mind. I probably
0: have, but I, I've been listening to a lot of DJs it's, lately.
1: <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Like I've just been
0: like in my house, just like,
1: yeah, it's been really great. Maybe Jason will like it. Let Jason see if he likes it. Oh, yeah.
0: And if it's country, right? It's country-ish?
1: Yeah, but this is like folksy, hillbilly. This is like none of that commercial country shit. Yeah. This is like dude tapped into something here. All right. Love that.
0: Thank you for listening. If what you heard today lit you up in any way, please take the time to subscribe, like, and share the podcast with your friends. It'll help us reach more people in courageously and confidently rocking life. Make sure you follow me on Instagram to see the messy fun I'm up to at the Adrian Smith. And check out my current wellness events and coaching programs on my website, AlignedLivingNow.com. I look forward to being with you next week.
1: Until then, get messy.